This is Jeff Scammon of Wild West Radio, and you're listening to the Songs and Stories podcast with Michael Gaither. Well, hey there. Welcome once again to Songs and Stories. I'm Michael Gaither, and this is Songs and Stories episode number 73, part two of my two-part chat with Jeff Scammon of Wild West Radio. Back in part one, episode number 71, I played on wildwestradio.com, the first live performance on wildwestradio.com. We got through it okay. I was up in the uh, the Auburn, Roseville, Newcastle area uh, about a month and a half ago and uh, doing a house concert, some radio stuff, and I knew Jeff was in the area, so we arranged to like spend some time together and uh, play some songs and talk about music and the, the death of vinyl record stores and that kind of thing. Um, by the way, if you're up in that area, I'll be there again actually next week on September 18th. I get to play at the American River Music Festival in Coloma, California, which is near Placerville along the American River. I'll be hosting an open mic on Friday night, and I'll be playing an In the Round with Cindy Camelson and Michael McNevin on the 19th at the evening show. And the, the main stage shows during the day feature... Oh, Jackie Green, City Folk, Eliza Gilkinson, Jimmy LaFave. It's going to be really fun. I went last year. It was the second year. This is the third. And if you want to find out more about that, you can go to AmericanRiverMusic.org. So back to Jeff. We talked to Jeff last time about, well, really Jeff talked to me about my music and a little bit about Wild West Radio, where it came from. But now we're going to just interview Jeff, you know, grill him and ask him what his background is. And as you'll find, I won't spoil it too much, but he... Started with a folk radio background, and that didn't work out quite right. And it's a great story. I'll let Jeff tell it. And um, did a couple of things and ended up with this online station called WildWestRadio.com. It's been really a favorite of mine since I discovered it. And, um, and and right after I discovered it, I sent Jeff my first CD, and he liked playing it. So that was even, even kind of a plus. So uh, here's me and Jeff Scammon with a little more information about Wild West Radio. So let's talk about you. Been yammering about me all afternoon. Um, I was very young when I was born. You were a lot. That, that's a common story with a lot of people. Yeah. What was the Bill yeah. Cosby album? I started out as a child. <laughs> <laughs> so WildWestRadio.com is where you ended up, and you're kind of legit now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. You were a Bay Area guy. That's right. Yeah. Born and raised in Cupertino. Mm-hmm. And um, so you were doing was it a folk show? And I don't know how much this you want to tell over the podcast. It's totally up to you. You were doing a folk show in Cupertino. Yeah, there was a, a public radio station there, KKUP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's a, I've been on there, too. Yeah, and I had the uh, illustrious 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. shift on. I think oh. it was Wednesday mornings. <laughs> yeah. So once you're not doing, like, the, the backup shift, you're doing, like, the 4 a.m. to 7 or 3 to 6. And Yeah, that was that was my main gig every week. How long were you doing that? Uh, I probably did that for a couple years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's dedication. That's really one to play on the radio. It, it, it was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of course, yeah, the pay wasn't, uh, well, it was non-existent, of course. Right. It was just a volunteer thing. But it was just kind of neat to have your... If you're here six months, you can take a sticker home. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Public yeah. radio. Um, or they'd even sell you a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so were you doing, was it a folk show? Was it kind of, because what you uh, the thing I like about WildWestRadio.com is that, to me, it's kind of a mix of what, you know, K-Pig Radio that I see now is, 
and a lot of modern folk, people like we're talking about Chuck McCabe and Keith Graninger and people like that, along with sort of what Cape it came from, which was K-Fat, kind of like wacky country, risque commercials, some stuff I hear and I go, oh my God, he's playing that over the air. Well, he's not playing it over there, he's playing it on the web. So, right, you know. right. Um, was your show on KQP kind of like that, or was it more KQP kind of folk? It, it was more of a, basically it was based on the KFAT format. Okay. That was after KFAT had gone away back in like the mid-80s, I think, was when I was doing this. And I and, guess at 4 a.m. in the morning, you could probably get away with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it's, and there people would listen, I mean, because there was yeah. a huge void after KFAT left the airwaves. Uh-huh. So people would basically tune in whenever they could to kind of get their, their fix of that right. kind of music. Yeah. And so what happened there? Well... Uh, well, I ended up hiring this um, attorney out of New York who calls me up one day while I'm I'm on the air, and uh, I got done playing Jimmy Buffett's "Why Don't We Get Drunk and Screw," which uh-huh. I, I'd heard on top forty stations. I you it know it was a hit. It was a hit. Yeah. He calls me up, tell, telling me that I'm in big trouble and I need to go on the air and apologize to the listeners right now for having played that song. Uh-huh. And I told him I wasn't going to do it. Yeah. And basically, I told him what I thought he could do with his idea. So uh, later on, very shortly thereafter, I found myself at a board meeting where I kind of got the third degree from the program director and this new attorney who thought he was going to make a name for himself, who incidentally ended up getting fired a very short time later. But Hmm. at any rate, I kind of got reprimanded, and I let them know that I not only wasn't sorry for what I did, but I would do it again. Mm -hmm. And so I was let go, Mm -hmm. and then uh, decided I'd get in contact with the station's engineer Asked him if he could get me a low-power transmitter, or an FM exciter is what they're called. And uh-huh. He got one for me, built me an antenna, and I was up and running a little 10-watt station in Cupertino. I'm doing radio, darn it. I was going to do radio one way or the other. So you had your little pirate station. I had a little pirate station. and yeah, We ran that for a few years, and then I ended up relocating here to Roseville and kind of just forgot about the whole thing. And Here's a question. So doing a pirate station, do you get audience feedback, or are you just doing it just for just because you wanted to look, hear your songs wherever you were at? Around? I mean... What was the what was the the the, um, the incentive behind doing the pirate state just to do it? Initially, yeah, it was getting away with something, and also being able to drive around and be able to you know tune into a radio station, hear what you wanted to hear. And this is several years before iTunes and playlists and MP3s and, and oh, what, taking uh, all your music with you and uh, literally decades. Yeah, yeah. So, so you basically just like blasted your playlist across town so you could hear it when you were doing stuff. That was it. And, you know, we'd set up a little P.O. box. We didn't have a telephone because we didn't want to be tracked down. Uh-huh. But people would write in and send us records from time to time and small monetary contributions. And it was fun, but very low power. And very underground. Yeah. And just kind of thought I got my yayas out back in my 20s. And, and was I'm, it called Wild West Radio back then? It was. So it, it was. That was kind of the operating motif, too, because it was a pirate station. It was, Yeah. So kind of once I moved up here, kind of packed that up and put it all away, and mm-hmm. was done, just done with it. And then yeah. one, one day got the wild hair to maybe be fun to do it again. I have all this stuff. I have all this. It stuff. still works. And, and in this day and age, this day and age, there's something called eBay, and whether you right. know it or not, you can get almost anything you'd ever want on eBay. Mm-hmm. So I went on eBay and bought myself a brand new Bext uh, FM stereo exciter and a compressor and some other equipment. I knew how to wire everything up just from being self-taught mm-hmm. and was up, up on the air running a station here in Roseville. So were you always kind of like a gadget electronic junkie or just liked music and found a way to push it out there? Kind of a combination of both. Okay. Yeah, always, yeah, liked electronics. The whole, the whole even today, the whole idea of broadcasting something via the airwaves, is, to me, it's just fascinating. Mm-hmm. I agree with that, yeah. Almost like magic. Well, it's like the internet. It's like you, the thing that... You can get anything you want instantly. And when I, I used to teach at the, at the day job, a couple of jobs ago, I was teaching networking, and 
I would always say it's really just black box. It was always it's it's wires and black magic. But this is really how it works. But I still think it's wires and black magic. Right. There's something that's fascinating about that. Even when you kind of understand it, it's still the fact that it does what it does. Yes. Kind of technology, especially when it does something that you want to do. I mean, it's one thing to you know to use the tools when you're using it for music or for publishing or for getting information things that that really interest you then it really has an added level of satisfaction I think it does yeah and I was kind of able to justify it also in my own mind I mean knowing that it wasn't legal but I thought I found a really clean frequency that nobody else was using you weren't like you know hoarding into somebody's airspace right and and I was broadcasting something that nobody else was broadcasting it's Mm -hmm. not like I went right next to a top 40 station and started broadcasting top 40 music so I kind of Saw more as a public service, See, really. Pirate with integrity. That was it. <laughs> you can rationalize anything if you really put enough effort into it. This is, this is true. <laughs> but I, I thought I was providing something that people weren't getting anywhere else. Yeah. So, and, and, and as I mentioned one time, you know, no animals were ever harmed during the operation of Wild West Radio. There you go. <laughs> so you were running it here out of, out of this house or out, out of Roseville? Out of this house, uh-huh. And I got away with that for, gosh, over a year and mm-hmm. really started building up a, a loyal listening. I set up a, a web page and an email address. People would email requests. Mm-hmm. And, uh, wow. Yeah, it was really kind of a cool operation. In fact, it got to the point that somebody thought it was so cool, they called the Sacramento Bee, and uh, one of the writers ended up doing an article on Wild West Radio, which Oops. was kind of, the you know, unfortunately, the That's beginning kind of, of the flag, end. flag, isn't it, to the FCC? Yes, yes. Look, here's a piece on a guy doing something illegally over the airwaves. Yeah, and, and, and you here's know, his name. Interestingly, <laughs> interesting enough, the, the writer was a fan. You know, he oh, said he, he meant well. He he meant well. He, he said how much really he loved cool. the playlist, and he couldn't believe that he could hear James McMurtry followed by Billy Joe Shaver followed mm. by some other really cool artists. He thought it was really neat. But uh, apparently, good intentions. He's good intentions. But somebody forwarded this article, to, from what I understand, to the FCC, and they had a very different take on the whole yeah. thing. So tell me the black van story. So, well, it was a Friday afternoon at 5 o'clock, and I'm doing, like, an, a live on-air check, and I look out my window, and I see these two gentlemen with sunglasses on standing outside their black SUV taking pictures of the rather large antenna on my roof. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, oh, now this just can't be good. So the station, at this point, how far did it reach? Um, let's see, it was broadcasting right around 375 watts. It'd go just a little bit beyond Auburn. Down past Citrus Heights. Oh, so more than a few blocks. Over to El Dorado Hills. You were actually, you had a pretty big footprint. Yeah. For a guy big. broadcasting out of his house. It was more than just like, hey, Jeff down the street has this state. It was, it was a lot farther than that. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you're going to do something, do it right. What the heck? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I'd be in any less trouble for running a one watt radio station than a 375 watt. That's, a good, again, a good rationale, so. <laughs> But uh, so, the, so these gentlemen came to the door with their badges, you know, in hand and mm-hmm. knocked at the door. And I thought it best probably not to answer. Yeah. So I didn't. And they left me a nice little message on my door asking me to either produce a, a license within the next five days or to cease broadcasting mm-hmm. because they couldn't find that there was anybody licensed to broadcast on that frequency. Well, at that point, after I got done being a little bit freaked out, yeah, I kind of just let the listeners know what had transpired and said, look, I'm going to give this five more days, mm-hmm. and I'm going to have to go off the air, but if you'd like to see this station continue in a different incarnation, be it internet radio, send me money. Send me a donation. So what year was this? This was two years ago this July. So, so at that point, the internet was pretty much up and running and pretty much in, in the, in the in, you know, in, 
everybody was was on the internet doing things, and you were still doing a pirate station. Right. Had you thought about just taking it to the internet? Were you having too much fun doing the pirate station? Oh, I love the idea of the, the whole wireless aspect. People yeah. could listen FM, you know, driving around in their cars, driving around town in their backyards, so having it wasn't barbecues. Even consideration like I should make this legit and move to the internet. It was just no, no, no. And after Why getting away I? with it for over a year, I thought you know they're never going to come get me. Right. Right. And but, they did. Well, they you know they tried. They, yeah. they were nice enough about it. Yeah. You know, in all honesty, they were. So, they didn't bust down your door and take your antenna. No, like people would, you know, yeah. lead you to believe that they come and confiscate all your equipment. But, but you know, if you don't stop doing it once they ask you, and they have to come back, then you're subject to up the twenty thousand dollar fines, and it can get pretty expensive at that right. point. And if you still fail to comply, then they actually can get a search warrant and come in and take yeah. your equipment. But I wasn't going to push the envelope that hard. No. Yeah. But at any rate, not knowing anything at all about internet radio, the listeners did send me enough money that I was able to go buy a dedicated computer and the equipment I needed, and I just went online and figured out how to do it. And I'd say within probably three weeks of going off the air, I had wildwestradio.com up and running. Wow. And it's been going ever since. You know, I could be honest right here and tell you that... Uh, that was the point in the interview when my batteries died in my recorder and I was so engaged in the conversation with Jeff that I didn't even notice it, but I won't do that. I'll just say I plan to end the interview right there at the 15-minute mark. And uh, again, that was Jeff Scammon at WildRestRadio.com talking about uh, how he went from being a late-night folk DJ at KKUP in Cupertino until he played Why Don't We Get Drunk and Screw and Got Fired. I uh, did pirate radio for a long time in Cupertino and up in Roseville until the feds nicely asked him to stop, which is a good thing to do when the feds ask you to stop doing something, especially when they do show up in a black car. And uh, now he's legit with WildWestRadio.com, and I would check it out. Have, it, have a listen. Send Jeff an email. It's just WildWestRadio at Yahoo.com. Uh, if you heard this interview, let him know you heard it. Let him know you liked it if you liked it. If you didn't like it, don't tell him. And, um, and he does have a PayPal button where if you like what he's doing, you can, you can contribute. So he basically he pays off his ASCAP and licensing fees for the music he plays. So he's completely legitimate, you know, a legal pirate. I guess pirate isn't even the word anymore. But uh, once again, Jeff Scammon, WildWestRadio.com. Um, if you want to find out more, again, about the American River Music Festival, I'm going to be in about a week. It's AmericanRiverMusic.org. Once again, it's Jeff Scammon, and his station is WildWestRadio.com. You know, one of my plans this year was to do more interviews with not so much artists as much, but more people that are kind of supporting independent music. And now that the year's almost over, I finally got around to one of them. But I have a few more on the, on the, on the plate and some things in the works. So uh, if you like this, uh, you can subscribe to Songs and Stories for free in iTunes, or you can send me an email, michael at michaelgaither.com, and I'll put you on my mailing list. You can see what's coming up. Thanks for listening. I appreciate your time. We'll talk to you next time. Take care. <laughs>